Welcome to LilyPod episode 80, Love at Last with Dan and Emily. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hi, Dan and Emily. How are you? Doing yeah. good. How are you? We're excited to have you on the set. Emily and Kathy have a relationship of long standing. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I think we met our junior year of high school, right? I'm pretty sure it was our beginning of our senior year. Maybe it was last summer because it was in preparation for being in the presidency of Key Club. Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely how we met was Key Club. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, some, somewhere between our yeah. junior and senior So how many years have year. you been friends? Uh... 26? Yeah, more than half our lives. Yeah. <laughs> we met back in 96? 96, I think. Yeah. Emily also lived downstairs. She was living there when I moved in with Kathy, and then she had been there, though, for how many years before that? Well, you... Almost 11, right? Right, well, because in our la- the last house, you were there mm-hmm. all like all nine years except for one, I think. Yeah. And then you moved... It to the new home for like another three or four, right? Yeah. So cause I, I feel like I moved in in 2010 because it was like barely after Forrest was born. Yeah. And, and then you moved out in 2020 yeah. or 21. Yeah, yeah, 2021. 2021, yeah. So Emily is like a favorite aunt for uh, Kathy's kids, my stepkids. Yep. We've been through a lot together, huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, it's been fun to have you as a housemate, and I, I think I've told you that since you've moved out, going down in the basement, I still feel like it's yours. <laughs> I mean, we've, we, since then, we've replaced carpet, and we've moved Doesn't look furniture. like it mine anymore, but it, yeah. But yeah, it still kind of feels like your energy down there, because it was for so, so long. And to let people know a little about Dan, um, he served a mission in Switzerland, He's also been all over the world with the military because he, he's now a retired major in the U.S. Army. And so he's been deployed. I don't know, maybe you want to tell... Yeah, I've been to been. Bosnia, Iraq, Afghanistan twice, Qatar, and then also did a stint in Boise, Idaho. You got to gotta throw in Boise. Yeah. That's probably the most that was a, that, that, that was a rough training exercise. <laughs> that was rough. It's probably rougher than the previous ones I've been on. Well, I know we've told you this before, but thank you so much for your service. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so Dan spent a lot of time in the military, has since retired, and and now works doing um, security with a bank. Yeah, I'm a fraud analyst for a bank. I help uh, protect people from scams and fun stuff like that. And there may or not be tips on how to prevent scams later on. We shall see. <laughs> or is that for the other video? I, I have no idea how these we're doing. <laughs> That's also important work. Um, Emily, what do you do? Um, I'm an occupational therapy assistant. I, I've worked in nursing homes most of my career. Um, I'm doing home health right now. I, so I get to go to people's houses and help them exercise, help them learn how to adapt to you know, taking themselves to the bathroom, giving themselves a shower, you know, whatever, get dressed, you know, move around their apartments or their, their home. So yeah, that's, that's what I do like after, after they've been discharged from a hospital or whatever. And she does that with me at night sometimes too. <laughs> Make sure he's able to, 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 to do his ADLs, his activities exactly. of daily living. Yep. Yep. Emily, you've visited several other countries too, right? Sure. I've, I've been to 28 countries other than the U.S. Wow. Um, Southeast Asia a lot, um, Australia, New Zealand, most of Western Europe, and a fair bit of the Caribbean. 
So. And you moved to New York just for fun for a year or two, right? Yeah, like a year and I think nine months I lived in New York just because I wanted to. And I, I, I visited there a couple of times and just knew that I couldn't do everything as a tourist. Like there, everything there is to do in New York, you can't do it in a week or two week vacation. Mm -hmm. There's just Although I tried when you lived there. <laughs> yes, this is true. She came and visited me a couple of times or yeah. at least once, at least once or twice. But yeah, but yeah, we, we did a lot. She's done her travels voluntarily. I did most of mine involuntarily. Yeah, that's with the military. Bad distinction. Yeah. Yes. Although you volunteered when you entered the military. <laughs> Sadly, that's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Just wasn't much as uh, as much of a pleasure seeking mission. <laughs> Dan and Emily were both uh, single into their forties, and which probably explains one reason why Emily spent a lot of time traveling and uh, seeing the world. Now, how was your experience being single into middle age? Was it? Had you always sort of thought it would work out that way or was it a surprise? Interesting that you would ask that because obviously growing up here in Utah, amongst the culture, there is that expectation that, you know, you graduate from high school, go, you know, serve a mission and that you'll get married. And for the most part, I followed most of that script except the whole get married part. And that took me a while to achieve that. And... It was tough seeing you know, all my contemporaries, people I graduated high school with, that they were getting married, having families, and, and at times I felt life was passing me by. And, but I do think that I've learned though too that, you know, obviously each person has their own journey. And one has to be very careful comparing themselves to others, not just with relationships, but also with you know, wealth or money or other things. And timing of things. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, timing of things are just, yeah, I think, was it someone said, I think comparison is a thief of joy. And that is extremely true. I believe that wholeheartedly that you, know, you have to realize that your journey is your journey and things will happen in their own time frame. Some yeah. you can control, some you can't control. Were you ever lonely during that period of time? I was, yeah. But thankfully, though, and I think a lot of times you have to ask yourself, where can I draw from and you know, what other sources kind of drop because a lot of times it seems like there's always this oh well if only I had someone in my life you know I'd be happier but that's not always true I've learned that you have to be happy with whatever circumstances you're in at that moment and handle it and be happy with that and that's one thing I admired about Emily is that you know she lived her life I mean she went and traveled and did all sorts of cool stuff I thought that was one of the things that really attracted me to her was you know she was living life she wasn't just sitting there going Oh, where's my Prince Charming? Is he whatever? Emily definitely did not do that. <laughs> and so that's, that's one thing that really impressed me about her was she was living life. And she was, you know, she went on a trip to Asia, which I thought was cool. I thought, wow, because most people generally don't plan trips like that. Here she's like, yeah, I'm going to Asia this year. Okay. I have a coaching client who says she's got a 27-year-old sister that's getting married pretty soon, and she's all nervous because she's never been married, and she's going to get all the questions, you know, when's it your turn kind of thing. Did you guys get that at all from your families? Thankfully, no. I did a little bit. I mean, my dad, half joking, but half serious, would, like, I, as I was, I would go visit them for Sunday dinner, and as I was leaving, you know, after the evening's activities, like, okay, find a husband, I'm like, Okay, Dad. All right. I mean, he, he was half joking, but he was half serious. Like, I mean, they wanted, they wanted that for me. And I mean, it's not a bad thing. Like, being single is not a bad thing, but being married is a good thing too. So, so maybe tell us a little more about your experience um, as a single adult. Um, I, I guess kind of similar to Dan's. Like, I it was lonely sometimes, but I I knew that I had to just live my life, and I wasn't gonna just sit around and let it pass me by. I mean, I did feel like in the, the romance department, I don't feel like I had the best luck there uh, until I met Dan. Um, but I, I felt like that part of life had kind of passed me by. And it was, it, it was really, it's one thing, you know, seeing your contemporaries get married, but seeing people that you used to babysit, you know, get married, that's just like, yeah, I would go to my parents' house and every week there'd be a new, a new barrage of, like wedding announcements and it was like kids on the fridge, that, on the fridge yes and I'm like oh wow I used to babysit that person <laughs> like how, how are they old enough to get married aren't they like 12 years old at this point still but of course they're not I mean you don't see these kids for a long time and they stay 12 years old in your mind or or 10 or you know whatever they were when you babysat them but you know they stay little but you yeah so for you that was kind of a bit of a trigger it was just a bit I, I don't know if it was a trigger it's just like a Whoa. An awareness. An awareness, yeah. yeah. 
All right, did either, either of you have a serious relationship or, or more than one prior to coming together and feel heartbreak when those end? Oh, absolutely. Of course, yeah. Did, did that contribute to any shyness or fear, anything like that? I would say for me, probably when I was younger, yes, but as I got older, though, I was able to have a little more wisdom, I suppose, and then kind of learn more yeah. from those experiences. And then I realized that no one owes you anything. And interestingly enough, it was when I was on the other side of the equation, when I had to what people know I wasn't interested in, I hated that. I know how they were going to feel. The truth is that I was not, I didn't want to pursue something that was going to harming us both. And mm-hmm. Once so, you had that figured out, it was time to move it up, move along. Yes. And I do. So I was able to empathize with other previous experiences and go, ah, and, and a lot of it too is, I mean, there's really not a, a handbook or anything like that. Plus, well, there is now. <laughs> oh yeah. This is, this is the part for the plug for the book. Yeah. The book. Tell us what book. Uh, is it intentional some, courtship? Is that what right. it is? That's what it's called. It By the way, where's my swag? I'm supposed to be like a hoodie with the intentional courtship logo on it. I won't talk more about it until I get my swag. Okay, that was a joke. I can resist. But getting back to that, though. I mean, people are imperfect, and I will say I made mistakes myself, and I wish, looking back, I could have handled some situations better than I did both being rejected and also being the rejector, if that's the term. For as long as I've known you, I've always thought you've had a lot of um, empathy. Uh, and I can see how you develop that through you know, both the giving and receiving of bad news. And I appreciate that and I relate to it because it was my least favorite part of dating. I, especially if I had to do the disappointing, that was, that was hard. What do you two, or how did you two meet? What's your story? I met through Kathy, or as I like to call it, indirect online dating. I actually met Kathy. This is where it's going to get interesting, yes. I saw her on, well, I saw her on Facebook and also on LDS Planet, and I put two and two together and used my you know, skills from a previous life, and you know, being a former intelligence officer has its advantages. Some might call it stalking. I prefer... Thorough research. You're welcome. And I might be able to give tips later on. We shall see. Long story short, I met Kathy and then, yeah, we went to a Fight for Fighting concert up in uh, Park City. Had an orchestra and I know she was a violin teacher and I thought, oh, that'd be cool. Then I actually went over to her place on Labor Day, helped clean up help put decorations up or whatever. Yeah, we were just in the new house. Yeah, we had just barely moved into that new place and... And then... And is that when you met Emily? Yeah. Yeah, I met Emily that day. As a matter of fact... I came home, and he was there, and, oh, this is Dan. Oh, nice to meet you, Dan. Well, and and before that, That though, you told me that, oh, yeah, I live with a roommate, and I saw her bookshelves and stuff, and I'm a huge X-Men geek, and apparently so was she, because (laughs) I saw on her bookshelves, she had all these X-Men graphic novels, and she also had a couple of swords hanging up, I thought. Katanas, not just swords. Yeah, katanas. katanas, I'm into cutlery. They're pretty cool looking. I've seen them. I have lots of cutlery. She can attest to that. And so I thought, oh, this person's interesting. And then I met her, and yeah. And then when we ever we'd go do stuff, we'd hang out and and do stuff. Well, yeah, and and the the fact so, that you lived with us made it like easy to hang out. Because yeah. yeah. while, while you two were kind of dating ish, um, I was there, and every once in a while I'd hang out with you guys. And, yeah, yeah. yeah and you sometimes you'd go see movies, and you'd bring the kids. She'd come along, and then. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's how we met. And, all right, and so how did, how did all of this shift? How did all this change? Actually, I want to go back to a point that Kathy made about being empathetic and being the, see, the disappointer. Mm. I will say that, Kathy, that was probably the best breakup I've ever had. Oh. I mean, you were so kind, so caring. That's true. I saw that from the other side. It wasn't, she was very empathetic and she was very, it still hurt, by the way. Yeah, I know I couldn't prevent that. <laughs> it's always going to hurt. And the lesson learned is, but the key is, though, she did it what I felt was the right way because, well, that led to other things. Then remember a few days later, actually prior to that, there was this play Hamilton coming and there were these tickets that were going on sale. And I'd sent an email to both Emily and to Kathy. And then I think I sent on Tuesday, yeah, she broke up with me on a Wednesday. 
So I'd sent them an email and I haven't heard back from them. Like, you know, you still want to go then? That Friday, I'm driving to work and all of a sudden Kathy is blowing up my phone with texts and voicemail. I'm thinking to myself, we've already talked. What, what more do you want from me? <laughs> we already had, we're done. I mean, <laughs> we, what, she sent an email about Hamilton. <laughs> and I didn't really think about that. You know, I thought I sent it to her and I didn't, yeah, but okay. So anyway, so I get to work. I look at my voicemails, you know, see my voicemails, see my texts. I go, oh yeah, we still want to get Hamilton tickets. I thought, that is interesting. And <laughs> it was really interesting because Kathy's all, yeah, I will go with Jeff. And by the way, she dumped me for Jeff. So <laughs> Jeff was the guy who stole the girl at that time. <laughs> and, and I will give Dan credit because he was a total gentleman about... Yeah. About the whole Very thing. classy. Anyway. And his classiness and his willingness to be friends, like you said, led to other... Yeah. And so anyway, so they said, yeah, so I'll go with Jeff and you can go with Emily. And at the time I thought, it does seem unusual, you know, going out with someone who just broke your heart with the guy she dumped you for and then with her friend. <laughs> but then again, on the other side of the coin, I always like to march to my own drummer. I thought, you know what? Let's do this. I mean, because conventional wisdom say, don't do it. I said, we're doing this. <laughs> well, it was your idea. <laughs> yeah. So I went, yes, we're doing this. So I went and bought the Hamilton tickets and had some trepidation because I thought, you know, I, I didn't want to have Emily feel like she was obligated to go out with me. So I ended up actually prior to us going to Hamilton, I actually did go out with her briefly just to kind of get a feel for her. And, you know, and she was cool and I thought, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. And we did it. Yeah, it was a super good night, too. It was. Yeah, yeah we went to Sam Hamilton. We had dinner at a nice restaurant. Walked around the park, and then we went and got ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good yeah, night. That was fun. <laughs> and we redid it recently. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we have some additions to the party. My parents and his sister and... Brother-in-law. His yeah. brother-in-law, but, but yeah. But so. basically, what it comes down to is that with her handling it the way she did, it was able to help me... It didn't hurt as bad as I didn't stew about it for a while. Like, oh my gosh, I just broke my heart. What was me? It was just, it wasn't, you know, personal. Just that, you know, you were like, had a couple other people that you had to do that to. And, you know, you just had a lot of people to deal with and, you know, choose from. And then, you know, he ended up choosing. And then looking back at everything, I think, I think you guys match up well. And we definitely match up well. Oh, you definitely do. Yeah, so, I think so too. <laughs> and, and the nice thing was, is that, you know, when I first met Emily, there were no romantic interests at the time. You know, we were just friends. So I didn't have the pressures of dating, as they say. I could just be myself and not worry about trying to impress or yeah. anything like that. Because we were just friends for like three years, mm -hmm. including the time he was dating Kathy. We were, that it was like, it was like three years from the time that we yeah. met each other to the time we actually started dating. So we were just, we were just friends. We'd text every day. We'd hang out. Go to concerts, hang out at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah go to movies. Go to movies, just, yeah. Just just hang out as friends. Mm -hmm. And so there was like, yeah, like you said, we weren't trying to impress each other. We weren't trying to put our best foot forward. And, you know, like there was not really the pressure of that. We were just hanging out and getting to know each other and having fun. Well, and I think yeah. there were points in which you were both questioning whether they could be more. Because you would talk to Jeff and Emily would talk to me. But we, like, didn't well, interfere. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was key because... Yeah. I am extremely private when it comes to my private life and I got to give credit where credit's due that you guys didn't interfere too much because it's possible if you had you, I probably would have said, nope, we're done. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we tried to stay out of it because yeah. we figured yeah. if it was going to develop, it would develop. And exactly. If it wasn't, and that's why I advise yeah. be careful meddling. If you do see a prospect, be very careful. Let it develop yes. on its own. I just tread very lightly. I know yeah. you'd bring up occasionally, of course. I don't think I ever answered you back, so. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's interesting you bring that up because there are times where you know, we'd be out with some of our friends and stuff. Of course, inevitably, it would come up, so are you two dating? And it was not an easy thing to answer. It's like, well, we really haven't had that conversation. So after a few of those, I did really seriously think about why aren't I dating her? And... A lot of it was, well, you know, she's a friend and, you know, do I want to ruin the friendship? Because I've had experiences where, you know, when I went from a friendship to try to date it, I lost everything, you know, the friendship and whatever. Right. It felt like a risk. Yeah, it was a risk. And just as an aside, when they finally did start dating, we would tell people, you know, Dan and Emily are dating and they'd say, oh, weren't they, weren't they already <laughs> yeah, dating? Exactly. Or we thought they already were. Or they'd say... 
Oh, that makes sense. They're perfect for each other. Yeah, it was kind of funny, yeah. Everyone already kind of saw you as a thing before you knew yeah. or decided but, but you were I, I do think, though, it's important, though, that I'm glad people allowed us to develop it on our terms and not... Because I think sometimes society and people put pressure and expectations on people, and that could cause some issues. So thankfully, none of you did that. We got to watch it. We had kind of a front row seat to it. Um, and, you know, like when Dan would come over and we would all four hang out, even before they were formally dating, you know, he'd go downstairs to talk to Emily while we were finishing getting dinner ready or whatever, and you would hear this laughter, <laughs> you know. I mean, and this was like common. Well, and early on, before you ever started dating, you had these inside jokes. Oh, yes. Yeah. A lot of them. Well, we still do. <laughs> and it's funny you bring that up because that was one of the things that I remind myself when I was thinking, why are you dating? Because you have a lot of inside jokes. You have a lot of, what's really your hang up? And, and also, there was other people that I was dating too. And I don't want to dwell on this too much. I mean, I had, I'll just call her the distraction. <laughs> Basically, when ultimately when things ended between us, it helped me even more adrift. But then I realized, though, that I had to be happy for myself because I was depending on someone else to make me happy. And that was, it's not a good way to go. Right. So once I became happy, and it's interesting because I, while you guys were writing your book, I was coming with some stuff on my own. So we were, it's like we were in tandem. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you went, read Intentional Courtship as a beta reader, like early on, way before it was published, you were noticing some ideas. things you were already starting to. Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, often I heard this cliche, you know, love is, I used to be very reactive. You know, it's like I had to wait for the spark or the feeling or whatever, but then, no, you don't. Because once I started thinking about dating Emily, it uh, actually, the spark developed. Yeah. It, you know, it was kind of cool. That's exciting. You know, because instead of just waiting, and I think, and it's going to be different for everybody. I'm not a dating expert. I mean, I don't claim to be one. I'm not going to, well, maybe I will write a book, you know, a parody of your guys' book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. But the truth of the matter is, is that, yeah, you have to basically love on your terms. And, you know, when the time comes, it is a risk. I mean, you are going to have to risk. There is no way around that. Because I remember... When I finally decided I want to date her, I mean, I did have some opportunities, but then the one night I was going to tell her, you know, she had a family thing come up. So I'm like, well, I'll wait. And then there was another time when, you know, I was down in your basement, but you were still in your office. I'm going, is he going to leave? (laughs) I didn't want to go, hey, you're going to leave because I didn't want to tip anything. So I don't want that to be. He wasn't getting your aura vibe. Yeah, right. so, leave. Yeah, I should have said, hey, Kathy, could you get Jeff to come up? And then you would have figured out someone might be going, like, why do you want Jeff out of the office? Like, yeah, so, so finally, finally, one night, you know, we went and saw a movie. And, you know, and we, usually what we do is when we go to the movies, we used to go to the Farmington Station, which is a great, great theater, beautiful area. A lot of eateries. So this is my plug for Farmington Station. So the city of Farmington wants to uh, give me some. I'd be I'd greatly appreciated. Like anyone's going to watch that, but... It's a really great place for dating, for sure. It is, yes. I've done a couple of guys' nights with Dan there before. Yeah, it's so. a fun place to hang out. It is. It's a very fun place to hang out. So, fun, you know, what we used to do is, you know, we'd, we'd drive separately, but then at the end of the movie, we'd always go to one of our cars and we'd just sit and talk. And, for and, several hours, and Sometimes we would, yes. Yeah, so, finally, one night, you know, we're in a car, you know, and there's no, really no one to distract us, except maybe the security guy in his vehicle, and I'm glad he didn't come up because I would have ruined the mood. But so I finally told him like, yeah, I'm interested in dating you. And she's like, oh, okay. That's a short version, yeah, but it's like <laughs> when I heard that that had happened, like I think you guys always kept things between yourselves for like a week or so. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I when I finally heard that that had happened, I was I was pleased to know that you had taken that step, you know, and that there wasn't that question anymore, like of yeah. should we say anything, you know, or is he going to say anything? Because well, there were several times when I thought, I should just say something. Because like, I thought, yeah, there's potential here, but I'm, I'm okay being friends too. But there were several times I thought, I should just say something. And then something would happen. And I, and I wouldn't. And so like, I'm, it's just kind of like, it just, I guess it just wasn't the time yet. Right. And, so, and, and I think you've actually mentioned it 
it was good for you to do it on yourself so you didn't feel pressured. Because yeah. I didn't want to pressure you at all. Like, yeah. I didn't want to, like, I'm not, oh, yeah, we need today, we need today. Like, I didn't want to do that because I, I didn't feel that way initially. I thought, yeah, there's definitely potential here. But I was okay with just being friends. But yeah. Dan was but very brave. Wanna, he was, he was. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to pressure that him. And, and I think it's good to have let him, I think that's, it worked out better to let him come to it on his own without me saying anything, without anybody else saying anything. I, I think that yeah. worked out the best way. So it worked yeah. out the way that it should work out, I think. Good. So you related to that part, and well, those parts in intentional courtship about you have to risk to find love. Absolutely, yeah. And it's one of those things where I had a hard time with that because it seems like every time I risked, I'd get hurt. So it was... But the thing is, is you can play it safe, but... You won't get anywhere either. Yeah. Never works until it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. And about that, because like, I feel like with a lot of my previous relationships, there was not good communication. There was not, like, I, I don't know, like, it seemed like it was just really hard. Like, Paul McCartney, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Paul McCartney has a song called Off the Ground. Like, and it, his thing is, it's, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get it off the ground. Well, I have to say, as much as I love you, Paul McCartney, Yes, it does. It takes a whole crap ton to get it off the ground, and so and so and it never ever worked. Like it would never, it would never flew. You know, it never got off the ground. It was always so hard until it wasn't. Because like with Dan, once we said yes, we're dating, it was easy. It was like mm -hmm. way easy. When I told her I was interested in dating Emily, she went home that night and deleted all of my dating profiles that I could remember from Facebook, LDS Planet, and maybe some others. Oh my goodness, that's commitment. It was, yes. I went with a Viking mindset of burn the boats. I've heard Tony Robbins use that term when he talks about, you know, if an army was invading an island, uh, the way to make sure they're gonna fight really hard is burn the boats, because they got no way to retreat. So um, that's kind of the mentality you're talking about. I'm all in. I'm Absolutely, because I felt that the age that Emily and I are at, and just the kind of person Emily was. She didn't deserve someone who was gonna be half-hearted, wishy-washy. No, she deserved someone who was gonna be all in, committed, and I deserved that too. For sure. And that strong foundation of friendship, I think to some degree kind of gave you that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one Comfort. of the things, yeah, she talked about, you know, we'd spend hours in the car, and it's just, I love being with her. I mean, I'd even come up, I remember when you guys were out doing whatever, and she was baked a turkey once. I just came up and cooked a turkey yeah, for completely hours. randomly. He just showed up, and I was I was baking a turkey. You guys were out it, and I was using your oven to bake a turkey. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember that. Because I had one, got it cheap on sale yep. after cooked Thanksgiving and, or whatever, yeah. and I was very hungry. Okay, he could smell the turkey all the way from where he lives. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna say hours in a car, not dating yet, not making out yet. I mean, you got to know each other really well. Yeah, I still joke that uh, I wish we were dating then because we do have to make up for lost time and I won't confirm or deny if we made up for said lost time. <laughs> now, slightly mischievous question on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like so, where this is going. At Farmington Station, the night you're sitting in the car and you told Emily that you wanted to actually try dating her and all that. Is it, that that's where that occurred, right? Yes. Okay, so the mischievous question is, did the first kiss happen that night or was it later? Uh, no, it was later. Uh, yeah, I don't it remember. It was later. So you yeah. eased into the dating. We did, yes. And, yeah. But once we got into it, we got into it. <laughs> Are we going to do like an X-rated version of this one? sometime <laughs> as a joke? So you started dating in... October. 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 Yeah. And then you got engaged in June of yes. the following year. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was in December of during the, your dating time when you were not engaged yet that it, we had a New Year's party. Yeah. And during this New Year's party, uh, my son, my youngest son, who, Ooh, yes. like, he likes... <laughs> kissing in relationships. And I mean, that's why he asked you if you wanted, if, you know, or suggested you get married, like when you had already just gotten engaged, which is kind of fun and ironic. But he, he thought that you should give us a tutorial on kissing because you were so good at it. 
I remember that. That was one of the first yeah, videos I've that, ever seen. Yeah, and that was really cute. I, wow, yeah. I still laugh about that. You should kiss like Dan and Emily. Yeah, that's awesome. Though. We have that video on YouTube, and I think he's mortified by it. He yeah. wants me to take it down, but it's been pretty it's popular. It's a classic, yeah, yes. It's a cute one. I would keep that, yes. That's a keeper for sure. But Yeah, he's a really sweet kid, and he's always he is, been a yes. big fan of both of you. Yeah, and we appreciate that, and we're a fan of his as well. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. So Emily, did you see it coming when Dan proposed and Dan, what pushed you over the line? Oh, that's both, that, uh, that's a complicated question. So I had been diagnosed with cancer back in 2020 and it came back. And this is when it came back when Dan and I were dating. Dan had been, my, my, my uncle and aunt had been visiting and they had both said independently of each other, you just need to marry this guy. Like, cause they, Dan had come and hung out with us and there's, there's both like indi individually, not even together as a couple. They're just like, my aunt told me. And then my uncle told me like, yeah, you just need to marry this guy. So I was kind of like, okay. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think at this point I can, I can say, yeah, I do. I want to marry him, but I wasn't sure how, again, kind of the same thing with dating. Like I didn't want to like force him into it, especially if I have this nasty diagnosis, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, we need, if, if we're going to do it, we should do it so we can have as much time together as possible. Well, actually, if I, if I could just okay, yeah, my other can. side of the story real quick, this all ties in. I was scared. I was angry. I was thinking to myself, I met this woman. I love her. And she could potentially die on me. thought, that's, no. That, so I remember going home that night and praying, like, Heavenly Father, please give me an opportunity to marry this girl. I really want that opportunity. I'm not sure under the right, you know, how I'm going to do it, but I really want her, I really want this to happen because, you know, I love this girl and we match up well and, and I, I don't want her taken away from me before we do this. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, how is this going to play out? So anyway, so like a week later and I was visiting with Emily, we're sitting on the couch and I'll let you. Yeah. And so I'm just like, cause I, again, I had just been talking with my aunt and uncle, like I mentioned earlier. And I was like, okay, how do I even do this? Do I even want to do, what, what, what do I say? How do I even say this? What do I, what am I even doing here? You know, I was kind of like, and it just kind of, it just kind of came out in response to something Dan had said. I don't remember exactly what it was, Yeah, I don't remember said but either. I said, so what are we waiting for? And it took down uh, a second. I think yeah, it's kind of surprised and kind of, yeah, yeah, but. And finally the light bulb went on went, we're doing this. So, and to me, it was an answer to a prayer I thought, you know what? How about so I, I proposed to her right then and there on her couch, and then yeah. So it's not like either he didn't come planning to propose. I wasn't expecting that he was going to. I wasn't even expecting. I don't know what I was expecting at all, but yeah, it's just one of those things that you know what? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very kind of spur of the moment. Carpe diem. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah I didn't have any rings, although. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. For months, you had been threatening to bring a, an engagement knife. Yes. <laughs> I, I cooked lots of cutlery. Okay, I'm got it. I mean, he gave us a knife for our wedding, too, so. Oh, yeah, we didn't have a nice fancy knife, so he's like, here you go. And later he had it engraved. I did, with your <laughs> names and the date of your wedding. Yep. Prize so, possession. So I gave her a, an engagement knife. Yep, two, actually. Two of them, yeah. Yep. I just couldn't pick. So I'm one of those people that if I have, to, if I have two choices sometimes, you know, if I can take... Pick both, I will. Mm -hmm. I thought both knives looked, mm -hmm. so you know what, I'm just, I'll just give her both. Yep. And yep. I actually got him an engagement knife She did, too, yes, I still have that, yes. Yep. And then did you use them to cut your cake? No. No, we did use one of his fancy knives though. We did not yeah. use, our engagement knives were at our wedding though. They, they were, were at our reception. Yeah. They, I think they, I remember they, that actually. Yeah, they were on the table, like the table with the guest book and all that. Yeah. Well, and as a fun little aside, Emily's family uses a samurai sword to cut their birthday cakes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we I do. fit right in with that. My dad yeah. served as missions in Japan. In I've been to Japan a couple of times, so it's kind yeah. Of as a matter of fact, uh, her family was really impressed with the knife that I used to cut our wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean these two. They have so much in common, it's almost uncanny. I mean, the same music. So much in They're common. They're both Comic-Con people. I mean. Yeah, all these years, like, have you ever wondered if you'd met sooner? Like, have you ever? All the time, to be brutally <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah, and, But I do think, though, that I have to look at things, you know, it's possible that when I first met her, when I did, I'll be blunt, I was not ready. 
And I felt like had we started dating then, it might have not have worked out. So maybe the timing was what it needed to be. I guess, yeah. I think there's some things that I had to experience, and I think there's some things she had to experience for us to do that. I mean, of course, this is all speculation. I'm sure maybe in the next life we could do like a what if, you know, what if we did this? I mean, <laughs> push some buttons and see how things would work yeah. out. That would be a very interesting thing to be able to do. I hope we can do that at some point. That would be, you know, what how would happen if this would have happened? What would have happened like, if I would have made that do choice? This, but just, just yeah. for fun. You know, you know kind of like you know, yeah. a Christmas carol, you know, with screw, you know, the yeah. ghosts of whatever. Had you made this choice at this time, this yeah. is how it would have played out. All right, that, that movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that, but it shows parallel. She, she misses the train and doesn't catch her boyfriend cheating on her, or she catches the train and does catch her boyfriend cheating on her, and it's the two parallel stories of what happens and how they eventually come together. Yeah, so, yeah. just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just one little thing. Well, and on a more serious note, you know, Jeff and I have said a lot of the same things where we, we've wondered, oh, wouldn't our lives have been easier if we'd met sooner? But if we'd met sooner, we wouldn't be the same people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's probably all happened the way it needed to. Yeah, that's something. I mean, I'll admit, I've joked about you know, making up for lost time, but all the same, I'm glad it did work out. So I'm glad it happened the way it did happen because we're now together and... And those three years being best friends weren't a throwaway either. No, they weren't. As a matter of fact, I think in a lot of ways it did set the foundation mm-hmm. for us because like we've mentioned earlier, you know, we weren't trying to impress each other. We weren't trying to date. I mean, she's seen some of my not so good attributes and stuff, but she's still, she's still with me. That's right. Yeah, you're, you were really real with each other. Yes. In fact, we were talking about the dating chameleons video that we had made and, you know, that concept. And yeah. you were saying how she couldn't even been tried if she'd wanted to, to impress you with the stuff in her house that, you know, you didn't oh, you saw impressed. before you knew her. Oh, I was impressed with all that. I still am, actually. Actually, it's out at our place. Yeah. Right. There was no pretending because there was no trying to impress. Ever. Exactly. I was there before I even met you. You saw my samurai yeah. swords and my X-Men uh-huh. graphic novels before you ever even saw me. Absolutely. So you knew I wasn't pretending or yeah. trying to be anything. As mid-singles, we know ourselves pretty well. And if we're being authentically ourselves in, you know, in our lives, then other people, as they get to know us, they know what they're getting. A lot more, I think, than when we're young and we don't quite even know ourselves. That makes sense, yes. On a kind of more serious note, um, Emily talked about how she got the uh, recurrence of the cancer diagnosis and that that helped you both feel a little bit more urgency about um, moving forward. Well, the, the question was, did you have a sense that however long you guys would have uh, on this earth that you wanted to get that ceiling in place? Absolutely, yeah. Because that's one thing that's comforting is you know, ceiling being together forever. And you've had to live with a lot of uncertainty yeah. there. And so I did think about, you know, let's say if we didn't have this cancer, I talked about before, when was I going to propose to her? And I thought about around the time of Fanex and... Also, at the time, you know, Celine Dion was going to come into concert, and I thought, and she wanted to go to the Celine Dion, so I was going to buy tickets, and then I had planned on proposing to her at the concert. Oh. However, I'm glad it worked out because Celine Dion had to postpone because of COVID, and then ultimately, she just canceled altogether, so if I had to go by my plan of waiting to do it at a Celine Dion concert, we're not sitting here having this conversation. Yeah, we'd still be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> would you really, like, would you have received that as a sign from the universe that you should never do it? Or would you have fit, found another way? I, in all seriousness, I would have found another way. Okay, good. I was just being, yeah. yeah. Were, were you surprised when she said, what are we waiting for? I was, yeah, but it was one of the things where I was surprised, but then it just fit in with... What you were already thinking. Absolutely. So I thought, and again, it goes back to, you know, when we all went and saw Hamilton, it's like... We're doing this. Yeah, let's do it. And, and, and all she had to say was that. There, I mean, it was clear what she meant. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty clear to me. It, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what other meaning we could have had, to be honest yeah. with you. It was one of those things where I, it, it, I guess I was just more in shock that she would ask that. Like, did this just happen? You know, that split second. And then, yeah. yes, it is. Okay, go for it. This is the answer you've been waiting for. You got the green light. Take the shot. <laughs> You know, I think you both are very brave 
And I remember on the day of your pictures, which are gorgeous, your engagement photos are really fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you did those. And I, I think it was fun that you did some PJ pictures. Oh, yeah. We don't have it fun. Yeah. I mean, one thing about me is I can be serious, but as you can tell, I just have a little fun. Well, and it makes sense because when you get married, you get to slumber party every night. That's, you know, it's funny you mention because I say that every night practically. Yeah, you get to have a fun slumber party that you know, has been going for however many And months. the thing is, when we were dating, I mean, she would come home from her... No, actually, she'd come from her job to come to my place and spend time with me. Then she had to drive up to Leighton, and I was always... Well, it was not easy. And then when I'd come up to Leighton, you know, we... It was funny because we'd, we'd spend hours in the in her place, and then it almost seemed like we'd spend hours on the doorstep. It seemed like it because I remember you guys were like, which we always tried to vamos, like we just always tried to like disappear. But you guys were like, hey, you close the door, it's getting make cold. ourselves scarce. <laughs> I remember being back in our bedroom for like a good hour before I could come back out and to the kitchen because I was like, I didn't want to interrupt anything. Yeah, it's much appreciated. Yes, but yeah, appreciate but yeah. your discretion. But yeah, it was just was, but we don't have to worry about that anymore, so. Absolutely fact, We can be in the same car and now when we go to movies, we're in the same car and instead of sitting for hours in the car at the farming station, we go home. You can just go Together. Yeah. Right. That's the best. And yeah, we go to movies, we go to concerts and Actually, now that with COVID, you know, a lot of artists are coming back and we're starting to go to concerts. We've got a few That's awesome. concerts got some lined fun up to go to. And... You know, I, I, I was going to mention on the day of your photos, I remember Emily was feeling really sick. And, you know, we were really worried, like, that you wouldn't be able to enjoy your fest wedding festivities. And then I think your treatment started kind of kicking in better. Yeah. And I think the way you orchestrated the the shower the bridal shower and the and the bachelor party and then the the wedding and the honeymoon all in a two-week interval between chemo treatments that was amazing yeah and i did want to touch on the honeymoon that you know this was a established story we love to travel and one of her goals is she wants to hit 50 states before 50 and because of covid she hadn't quite she was she was behind, and so and how old are we now? Um, I'm 43, okay. and I'm we have been yeah, and we, we have been to 43 states. I have been to 43 states, so I'm okay. I'm current on that. You're current, but, caught up. But yeah, but I just want to get back to when we were deciding our honeymoon. She goes, well, I want to go to place you know we've I've never been because I'm behind, and we looked at New Orleans. And it's in Louisiana, and it's right near Mississippi and Alabama. A couple other states that she has not been to. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was thinking, it's so fun. you know, Hawaii, but of course, Hawaii is so cliched. And if anyone has been to Hawaii on their honeymoon, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've both been to Hawaii before. We have. And I thought about just how cool it was. You know what? I could help her achieve that goal. Because one thing I told her was when we're getting married is that I don't expect you to put your dreams or your aspirations on hold. And, you know, you can continue those. And it was my way of... Saying, you know what, I'm going to support you in that dream of hitting 50 states by the time you're 50. And I thought that was, for me, that was the best part of the honeymoon was doing that. I mean, we had he was other, awesome. Yeah. That, that so awesome. we went to New Orleans and we went to Alabama and also Mississippi. And then actually on our anniversary week, we were probably going to travel to a couple other states. So, cool. so we could help reach that goal. And so um, one other question. This is slightly more serious, but not like before. <laughs> Did either of you, along the way in this process, pray about the relationship? What should I do? Any anything, and receive any sort of revelation along the way? About uh, I mean, it? I mean, yes, and I still do. And well, it's just uh, you know, for me personally, just to be you know, let things happen, be more patient, don't mm. try to force anything. And that's kind of the feeling that came to you is yeah, be patient and let it unfold naturally yeah and there's yeah there's some things that happened between us that i don't really discuss here but that right. some of those things came up and uh yeah i'm glad that i was patient and didn't try to force something so because you saw the wisdom in it later absolutely okay. yeah how about you emily is anything more to add to that um not really i i think i've been thinking about it enough by the time that he actually proposed by the time that we were actually dating, by the time 
you know, I think I've been thinking about it enough that I, I was pretty sure that that was what I wanted. So Emily, we were out to lunch for your birthday recently, and you had mentioned to me kind of a new perspective you have about what it means when someone says, I'm not interested in getting married, or I'll never do that again, or, you know, if they, if they protest, what, what do you think that is? Well, it, kind of like we had talked about, like, I, I think it is, like, it's more out of fear of being hurt like it's not it's not it's not so much that they don't want to but they're kind of it's it's more it's just more about when you have a blessing denied to you you're like okay well I don't want that blessing or something like that you know it's more so it doesn't of, look like you got yeah. your hopes up and yeah because it is and that's one of the things that I felt was so hard in a lot of my previous relationships or quasi relationships or whatever you want to call them is like the disappointed hopes, like, cause sometimes you go out with a guy once or twice, you're not going to break your heart over a guy once after one or two dates, but maybe he seemed like a really nice guy. And so you're just really disappointed and you had your hopes up cause he seemed really nice. It seemed like it was, you know, but so I think a lot of it is more a reaction to just not wanting to be disappointed again, not wanting to be hurt again. Yeah, missed opportunity. Um, yeah. Missed opportunities. And yeah. And also I think one thing that we had mentioned too, is something I have I, I'm a big nature documentary person. I love watching nature documentaries. So, cause I don't remember where exactly I got this bit of information. It was either from the nature documentaries that I've watched or this book that my brother had us read called Chimpanzee Politics. He, my brother studied chimpanzees in Uganda for like two years one time. And then he went back for a year and a half or something like that. Like he was wow. there like it was in part the free schooling, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it was kind it was of, it was, well, it was adjacent to that. Like it was kind of in addition to help out his schooling, but it wasn't actually a school program. Okay, got it. So, but yeah, like he studied, you know, he studied chimpanzees in the jungle in Uganda and he had us read this book called Chimpanzee Politics. Anyway, there is only one group of primates that does not live in family groups. All primates, except for the, the orangutans in Borneo, they, they, live, they live solo lives for the most part, but like all other primates, all continents, all kinds of primates, live in family groups. I think we're meant to be social creatures. We're meant to be in family <coughs> groups. And I mean, you have everybody who has a stronger, weaker drive for that, for companionship, because everybody, everybody has their level of sociability, you know, how much they want, how much they don't want. But I think ultimately we all do want that. It's just a lot of times it seems like it's an impossible dream or we don't want to get our hopes up and then disappointed again or get hurt again. So. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting observation, and that's coming from someone who was single into her 40s mm-hmm. and now married. Uh, how has it been adjusting to living together? I mean, you both were living on your own without roommates. <laughs> well, interesting. we're both pack rats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mildly. <laughs> <Is that laughs> <an> apartment? <laughs> Crowded. So basically, we're trying to combine two apartments full of stuff into a smaller unit, so we had to get a big storage unit, too store a lot of the stuff. And, and we still look like hoarders. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and well, hopefully... would have liked to have bought a home, but... Yeah, but it, the housing market The housing so... market sucked. And we were only engaged for, like, not even two months. Yeah. Right. So it would have been, like... Yeah. And, and, and I was trying to plan a wedding, trying to move, trying to deal with chemo treatments and cancer. I mean, like, I... It was too much, too much at yeah. the time. Plus the crappy housing market, so... I know the kids had hoped you might move in with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, that was their fantasy. The thing is, I almost have my place paid off, so it made a lot more sense for yeah. with me. And... For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. He's been very awesome about accommodating all my crap in addition to all his crap. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah he has been. And mostly it's been very natural, really, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think as roommates, we've done pretty well. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it, it has been pretty natural. I think both of us are pretty chill people. Both of us are kind of, and both of us are old enough. They're like, we're not going to get bent out of shape over small things. Yeah, exactly. Think, it's so one of those things where I think about, go. is this going to matter tomorrow or in a week? Or you know, if it's not, then why bother with it? Yeah. Do you get to that point dating when you got to say goodbye in the evening where that just got really old? Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, yeah, I remember just longing for her, and 
Yeah, and that's why it took so long on our porch to say goodbye because we didn't want to. It was like, yeah, this is exactly. Stupid. But it's one of those things where <laughs> you lose a lot of sleep that way, well, right? Yeah, or sometimes, oh shoot, I got to get up to go to work tomorrow, or she has to get up to go to work. But obviously, if it was a holiday or a day we or the weekend, of course, we could stay a lot longer and to worry about such things. Mm-hmm. But now we have to adult, and <laughs> now that you're adulting, do you still laugh together a lot? Oh yeah, yeah. And like I said, we still have our inside jokes, and we still create more and go back to our old ones. It's yeah. Were there any key moments in the relationship as it was developing that you haven't talked about already tonight? The first time we went to Hamilton, because it was kind of like, I mean, it's not like we were thinking we were going to start dating or anything at that point, but it was just kind of a a leaping off point of where, where Dan was like, you know, I'm just going to do this because I mean, both Kathy acted like a lady and Dan acted like a gentleman. And so we were both able to, we were all able to do that and still be, go to this fun play and Uh have this fun evening. I I, kind of feel like that was an important thing. Absolutely. Even though we weren't even dating, weren't even like, we'd only hung out like once or twice or something. Just, just the two of us as friends. Cause we hung up a lot before with, with Kathy and and Jeff or with Kathy and the kids when they were dating. But yeah. And to go along that lines, I mean, when I went to Hamilton that first time, I I didn't once think, Oh, this is the girl that I was trying to date. And this is the guy that never crossed my mind. I mean, it was, I think you two had been engaged by then too, if I remember. And I thought that was really cool. It didn't really, but yeah, it gets back to though, how we handled it, you know, there was some adversity. I guess if anyone wants to call it that, but we handled it well. We didn't let it get in the way of future opportunities. You know, we, we handled it like adults, which I don't often act like an adult, but it was one of the few times I actually did. You know, I think we all became very quick friends. Yeah. And it just was, like I said, a lot of it was just, you know, you were very kind to me. You didn't just throw me out like yesterday's trash or whatever. You, treated me like a human being, treated me with dignity and respect. I think that's very important. I think regardless of what's going to happen with the relationship, I just want to impart to the audience, you should always treat people with dignity and respect, even if it's not going to go anywhere. It may not lead to you marrying their best friend, but but (laughs) it'll probably stand you in good stead anyway. It would, yes. (laughs) And yeah, and I think that's want to give kudos to Kathy and Jeff for treating with dignity and respect. You know, Jeff didn't look at me as like, oh, well, he dated my girl and you know, he's a threat. I, mean, he, I never once got that vibe from you. You were very- No, we, we have actually sure. gone out together a few times for guys night, even early on. Well, I think, so. and you were, I think you were, well, you were at least a big part of his bachelor party. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. planned it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, if you treat people the right way, you know, good things could happen. One other thing I would point up over what Dan's just been saying is we always say, and we know other people who say that really Dan met Kathy to meet Emily. That's really what, in retrospect, looking back, that's really what was about, we think. Because I'm not sure how else I would have met her. I mean, maybe I would have bumped into her at FanX or something. I mean, it's hard to say. Well, because you and I have a, a stronger online presence. Yeah. And that's how we met. Yeah. And Emily doesn't do as much of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a ton, no. I guess the other point on that, too, is this thing about the guy code or the girl code. I can't date somebody who dated my friend or whatever. If, if these guys had been going by that... You know, this this wonderful marriage would not have happened. Absolutely. See, that's why, you know, when, you know, like a few days later after you dumped me, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you called out, let's go Hamilton. Actually, I just wanted to throw that on its head, throw it on its ear and just say, to hell with this code BS. We're, I'm tired of living life on someone else's terms. I'm tired of what conventional wisdom says. So I just said... You know what? This is probably the craziest thing to ever do, and I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going for this. We're doing this. Well, I do think the three years or two and a half or whatever years intervened by the, from the time we actually met to the time I started dating, I think kind of eased that a little bit. You also know you you had our support. I mean, oh, yeah. because of the never, conversations yeah. we'd had. Oh, yeah. And we never doubted or questioned that yeah. at all. Well, and, oh, and one thing I was going to say was because, like, when the very first time 
he called me to do something, just him and me, when we went to Marie Callender's. My, my first was, is he asking me on a date? That's weird. Um, but my, okay, but he said, in your text, you were like, I, want to, I wanted to have a chat. And so I'm like, oh, he wants to talk about, because this was right after everything with him and Kathy and Jeff. So I'm like, oh, he wants to talk about that. Okay, that, that's cool, that's fine. But I was thinking, okay, it, but that got kind of the idea of dating him in my mind. And I was like, well, that, it would be weird. But I think the, the, the span of time in between like helped. Well, just to interject, we did a lot of things as a foursome even before you guys were dating. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that yeah. kind of e helped ease things. Yeah. And then they did things yeah. you know, separately and by themselves, too. And there was always, like, initially, there, there was that kind of a, well, I don't want to be just a second fiddle to Kathy. There was yes. definitely that thought in my head, too. That's where I was trying to go with that earlier. Like, I didn't want to be a second fiddle to Kathy. And I mean, I love her to death. She's an awesome person and everything, but I don't want to be second choice. And I wouldn't know? want you to ever feel that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I want yeah. to make sure too was, I want to make sure I'm dating her because I want to date her, not because, yeah, I want to make sure it was something we both decided to do, not because of others' expectations. Well, and I've got the impression that any concern you've had has melted away because of how he's... Yeah been so sincere well and like i said Very i think the, the the two and a half three years intervening i think helped too but yeah he's he's been awesome so yes yep i'm a wmd a weapon of mass devotion <laughs> and you know he got immediate best friend approval because i already yeah. knew him yeah yeah so i didn't have to worry and like my family had met him and they already liked him oh yeah and my best friend already knew him and kind of pre-vetted him for me <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i was doing i pre-vetted well i may as well bring this up is that she had a family reunion. You know, her uh -huh. family came in to visit, and just one night she goes, hey, would you like to come up and meet my family? We weren't even dating, by the mm -hmm. way. I thought, you know what, yes. And I felt like, you know, get back to, I felt inspired, yeah, you should go up and see her family. And I'm glad I did because they were just awesome. And I thought, They're amazing, yeah. yeah. These are good people. And then that was one of the many things that got, you know, got my... Got the wheels turning about, you know, why aren't you dating her? She has an awesome family, and, you know, a whole bunch of other. You know, I, I should interject here when, since Kathy talked about best friend approval. Now, this is part of our story, not theirs so much, but <laughs> when I wanted to marry Kathy, I didn't go and talk to her dad. I talked to Emily. <laughs> I asked for her blessing. <laughs> and this was a pretty serious interview. Yeah, well, she, she um, was probably the most emphatic I've ever seen her in my whole life <laughs> when she told me that I better make Kathy happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you'd be story. in trouble with her. <laughs> uh, yes, and I'm, I'm putting it very mildly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make our editors bleep this out. <laughs> yeah, this is still like PGPG 13. <laughs> so yeah, these two kind of had to approve each other's choices. Yep, and it's just great that we're all friends. I think mm -hmm. we've done pretty good for ourselves. We have. I think so. I'm glad I finally found what I'm looking for, to paraphrase a U2 song. <laughs> I certainly agree. I remember we were on a walk in Lincoln on our way to Walmart, and I, we asked you, and you said something about the fear chapter, like, kind of helped give you a little... Okay, I can remember what I had for breakfast this morning. You don't I remember that? I remember... I don't. Do you remember that? I remember because I remember thinking I wish I had this like fear chapter films oh, or like goodness. on you don't remember I don't I guess the bees do we have any hypnotherapists there that I can <laughs> I need one real quick yeah just screaming <laughs> <laughs> okay I, you know, go ahead and jog my memory let's okay. let's have some fun okay so just to wrap up this interview, which has been awesome, like just being able to film this really unique love story of yours and give maybe some of our viewers who are in their 40s and not yet married or, you know, in a situation where they might not know if they believe in love. I mean, I just think you're very inspiring and um, we love your love story. Oh, I, I love it too. <laughs> and um, so something I just wanted to, to mention is that before you started dating, when you had had that three or so years of friendship is when we handed you the raw manuscript for this book. It wasn't in book form. In fact, it was it's basically like on the computer. Yeah, it yeah. Was, yes. <laughs> and uh, it didn't become a 
book until about a year later. But we asked you for your feedback and it was actually very helpful and we applied a lot of it, especially for any of the parts that you know, were specifically for mid-singles who have not yet married. And um, because it, you gave us some really helpful suggestions. And I, Dan, I remember you texting me, I think, and saying that there was something in the fear, the chapter on overcoming fear, which is chapter three. Oh, that's what that is. I'm trying to find that chapter. So I'm trying to see if this. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah. You, you also said, while, while she's looking that up, you also said at one point that you, you read about yourself in our love story. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that it was very revealing. <laughs> it was funny getting the other side because it's not often, you know, you get the other perspective because you're you know, seeing how you wrote the letter, which triggered all of this. The letter that Jeff wrote to me yeah. to put himself back in the running. Yes, which <laughs> led to this whole chain of events. So here we are. Yeah, so that, that's the chapter I really resonated with because, like, I'm part of this history. I'm part of this story. And you allowed us to use your real name. So right. he, he is yeah. Dan in, in our well, love okay. story. So, yeah, please don't spam me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have my phone on, a, on scammers, possible scammers, somebody who's texting or whatever. It'll be, okay, it's starting to slowly but surely. But yeah, I, I think because you know, we've been stung before in previous relationships, sometimes. It can create a vicious cycle, so at some point, you have to break that cycle. The cycle of fear that keeps you from yes, being able some, to risk. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, probably what we were talking about on that one walk. <laughs> well, you know, because you read the book and then you started dating, and I know you would have anyway, but we, we like to say that we had our first marriage from intentional courtship before sure it got published. I mean, because it was happening, you know, in parallel, you know, in tandem. And some of the points we made resonated with things you were learning. Abs yeah, it was, yeah. So when I was reading it, it was a part of a beta read. I'm like, well, how about that? Funny you should bring this up. <laughs> Well, I know you had a lot of good points about just being classy with transitioning relationships and yeah, um, and how how well that worked out for you. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I, I regret you know being on the other side of the coin. I, I wish I could have been classier. And the times I've had to let someone know I wasn't interested. I mean, could have handled things better, but yeah, it's always a little bit hard. But yeah, but with wisdom comes experience and. Well, and with some compassion and empathy, it we can does, understand yeah. when we, you know, get a little tripped up and, you know, we can still like each other and be kind. And Yeah, that's what it comes down to is because, you know, we're all imperfect and we all make mistakes and I have no idea what's going on with somebody at that point. They have no idea what's going on with me. So I think we do have to try and give them that grace that, yeah. Yeah, give them grace. I like that. And, you know, I think what I appreciate the most about what you're saying is that, you were learning some truths. You were learning some wisdom in your years of being single and, and relationships. And in that wisdom, you know, we found some similar wisdom. And, and I think when that harmonizes, then you know there's some truth in it, right? Go from innocence to experience and then wisdom. <laughs> well, and this is why we wrote the book, because we felt like we were very inexperienced yeah. in knowing how to get over a divorce, getting over loss and being able to move on with our lives rather than feel like we had been tragically struck down. And right, yep. um, I, Emily was there for me th through both of my previous marriages and divorces. And um, I'm sure that probably soured her a little bit for marriage. And for that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all good. It all worked out now. Yep. <laughs> and if anyone paid attention, I did Another one of our inside jokes, but I'll let you try to figure that one out. We'll leave that as an Easter egg. <laughs> I think uh, there were people that asked me after I'd been divorced twice, do you really want to try to do this again? And I, I didn't have the thought about primates that Emily mentioned before, but I think the drive to be partnered is such is so fundamental that, I mean, both Kathy and I were, you know, determined to try again, you know, even with the pain. And, and it's a different kind of pain, I think, when you've never had it work out. 
And yet it's no less. Yeah, in some no ways it's the same. And, and one thing I will say I do admire, because I remember you guys, you know, you started this whole project because I think you read somewhere about statistics about like 27% or something. And you guys did yeah, not. Yeah, the, the percentages go down with each marriage. And, and you guys wanted to not. To beat yeah, those statistics. Yeah, you know, that's what I admire about what you guys yep. are doing and why you're doing this. Because. I don't used to become statistics either, especially on the government chart. And, <laughs> right. And by the way, if something does happen, you guys aren't it together, I want my knife back. <laughs> <laughs> I get the knife. That's you know, okay, no but... I get the knife, but hopefully it I will stay in your possession. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so just, I just, you know, just want to add an extra incentive that... In order, you, know, you got to stay together if you want to keep the knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is motivation. No, we, we're, we're plenty motivated. Just... I think because of how much we like being together. And yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really big too. key. I mean, when you really love being together, why mm -hmm. would you want something different? And that's, I think, the key is creating so, that yeah. that joyful togetherness. And I, I what you said earlier about being happy on your own. And I know Emily really tried to do that, too. And you could see that well, she was living her life that yeah, way. Yeah, that's what attracted me to her, too, was... She's a happening girl, and I want to be part of that. Yeah. You know, I had that Happy FOMO. people rarely get together and have a lousy time. <laughs> right. And we're holding hands. <laughs> Shiny, happy people holding hands. That's right. Woohoo. Oh, we're not going to get sued for licensing or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, I think yep. this is We love fun. you guys. We think, think it's great that you made it. Oh, I'm glad we did too. Yeah, I'm glad that things worked out to where it is. I had fun, and I wouldn't mind. Uh, doing future of these. Okay. Unless, awesome. of course, you get bad ratings, you know, downloads, <laughs> and, like, you know, don't ever have this clown on ever again. No, I think this was great. And, you know, I, Emily, I, I don't... You've always been such a strength and so naturally joyful. And, I mean, you were always so pleasant coming and going within our home, you know, and it was always you know, a bright, fresh air of like sunshine when, you know, I was having a bad day and, but there's just something a little extra happy about you. I think since you got engaged and got married, I think there is a lot of really great happiness that you've brought to each other. And that makes me mm -hmm. really happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've both noticed that we've actually talked about it. Yep. So. Makes us happy to see you guys so happy. Oh yeah. We want to thank our audience for listening and, uh, and tuning into this special episode. And remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com. <laughs>